Welcome to Out in the Open Podcast, where discussions are open and judgment closed. Yes, Hosted sir. by me, Jay Mackin. Simply Andre. Coach Cherry. And I'm just Jacob. And we are Welcome back to another episode of the Out in the Open Podcast. Yes, sir. It's your host, Jay Mackin. Hey, today we have a full house today, man. That's I'm true. Not, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. But Funzo, man, go ahead and do the introduction, bro. All right, so we've we've been gone for Couple days, Couple I would say. Days, yeah. Um, a little bump in the road, but we're we're back, same location. Blessed to be in the Click House. Um, we have not only a, a special guest, but we have Jaco in the same building with Eve. Drop, drop something. Wait, wait, what does that mean? Like, that's I don't real. get it. Why? Why do you guys think me and Jaco are like we don't like? No, it's, we haven't been together since what, like the first episode. Yeah. That we've been in the house. Yeah. So can we get a clap, a hand clap for that, real quick? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> tripping, hey, Jacob, go ahead and introduce our, our our brother Corey real quick, man. Yeah, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's no introduction, man. I mean, this man, <laughs> yeah. this man been doing his thing for a long time. Uh, I met him in uh, Valencia when I used to go there, and um, really the first impression was just like, man, he's a thinker, you know. Um, most people, when you think about people that's changing the world right now, before they started everything, they they they, they thought of things, right? They 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 um they not only thought of things, but they analyzed things. They give everything perspective, and that was the type of dude he was. And I'm just glad and loving how, what he's doing right now. And pretty much like he's doing whatever he, what what we was talking about. You know what I'm saying? In Valencia, you feel me? So Thanks. I'm just I'm glad. And um, right now, we're just really just going to get in his story and his background. And also for, like, anybody that we're going to interview in the future, that's really what we do is, like, we don't really just try to interview you and try to, you know, talk about what you do. It's, like, we want to really know, like, about your life, you feel me? So where it all started for you. So the first question I have for you, boss, is, uh, yeah, man, where you from? Just tell us where you from. And, well, I was born in Florida. But I can't say I'm from New York. Well, I said that backwards. Hold on. I was born in New York, but I can't <laughs> say I'm from New York because I used to only go there like part time every summer and whatnot. And I only spent the first two years of my life there. So I'm technically a, I'm realistically a Floridian. You feel me? So every time I talk to my friends and I'm like, yo, yeah, from New York, they like, nah, bro, you from Florida. <laughs> Wait, what part of New York? Because I see I was, you got the hoodie for those who are on our YouTube page. Big shout outs. Hey, big shout big out shout to, to the New NYC, York. man, the Big Apple. You feel me? <laughs> um, I was born in the Bronx. Don't tell me what street. I was like one, probably. <laughs> When's the last time you went back there? Uh, about four or five years ago. Four or five years? It may be longer. Because, okay. you know, when you get older, you got to pay for things on your own. <laughs> That's facts. That's facts. We're going to get into that, too. No, nah, So sure. you, you, you miss being, like, in that busy lifestyle? Or since you came here when you was young, you're used to this kind of formula and setting? I think in, in regards to preference, uh, I like Florida better because the energy seems to be a bit calmer. And you can kind of tap into the momentum of the city a little faster. Versus in New York, I noticed that everybody is, like, moving quick, walking yep. fast, talking fast. So you can get lost out there real fast. There's a lot of different channels and people walking everywhere. It's That's like a maze. So out here in Florida, it's a little bit more, you know, chill. People are a little laid back. So how does your like how did your family look when you was young? Like, did you have both parents' background? Like, what was the setting like here in Florida for you? 
Well, when I moved, when I came here with my mom in Florida, it was me and then my younger brother was born. He, my younger brother was born here in Florida. Uh, there was just us three. Uh, my dad, he's a super dope guy. I love him. He has his own business and everything. And I used to spend every summer or every other summer with him. So I do have like good uh, relationships with him. So it was never no bad blood with him. I totally respect him. I love him. We still chop to this day on occasions, but that's how it is. He's in New York. You saying he in New York or? Yeah, he in New- my dad's in New oh, York. Oh, he stayed in New York. Yeah, he stays in New York. Yeah, he. Oh, so okay. my family is huge. Like, well, my mom is just me and my brother Matthew. Shout out to my younger brother, man. He doing this thing right now. Big shout outs. Big shout outs. Um, but my dad on his side, I got like thirteen different siblings. So it's like a whole different. It's a it's a colony out there. So yo, you are. <laughs> yeah, everybody's up north. So you got they in Jersey, they in New York, then you know all the boroughs in New York, Queens, Staten Island. Some of them probably in other places I don't even know about. You just you you know, yeah. <laughs> so facing that you was just with your mom and your brother. How was that like dealing with that? What was like growing up? It was really uh, interesting growing up in a single parent household, but knowing who my father was. And having relationships with him on a part-time basis, uh, there was a point in time where I was really perplexed and didn't really know how to view my dad because I wanted him around more often. And with me growing up in Florida, away from everybody else, I naturally got the least attention. Um, But as I started to grow older and mature, at least as peace with my father, um, I started to respect more his intentionality. would definitely showed up and called me on those special occasions where I really wanted to hear his voice. Um, but in terms of my mom, you know, she's, she's a goat. I can't really say nothing else. But I met she, her before. She's she a goat. <laughs> <laughs> she, everything that she instilled in us from love to compassion uh, to mindset and attitude, you know, it, it's now coming true fruition. And when I get opportunities like this and abroad, um, or other opportunities for speaking engagements. We can get into a whole different slew on that. Um, but everyone always compliments, like, wow, your mom did a great job with you. So I'm honored that when I go and talk to people and they recognize the value and the character, they attribute that to my upbringing, and I'm really grateful for, for that for sure because my mom, she really did her thing. I was going to say shout-out to moms, man, because I, I remember my first uh, uh, talent show. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, you're right, man, you're right. she was in the stage just videotaping you when you was rapping and stuff. Nah, man. facts, bro. That's one thing that like, like I love about his mom, man. Super supportive. Wait, you know so what I'm saying? you're a Christian rapper? You're a um, rapper? I was. Was. Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. Hey, he got some bars now. Nah, you know had. had you want, Actually, you want, can, had you, can you freestyle right Chill now? Chill out, bro. Had some bars. Can we, can we put Go you ahead, on the spot man. and freestyle oh, right now? Bars, Real bars. Bro. Nah, so can, can I was going to ask. Huh? I want to hear it. I'm going to put it out there. I'm super rusty. <laughs> I haven't rapped in like oh. three or four years. Nah, go ahead, bro. It might come out like doo-doo. So I was going to ask, so how was it like... Um, in school, like, like how, like how was that process like? From, um, uh, I know you said you came here when, like, um, what what age you came here in the Florida? I was like two years old. Two bro. years old. So, like, pretty much, how was like from elementary school to like middle school? How was that process like? How you know? I would say that did you like get bullied. Like, did you like did you face any like um, in elementary school yeah. when I was going to Changelo Park? Yes, I was bullied. Uh, there was a point in time where where it got so bad that when I would report to the principal about the situations, I would get 
a part of the consequence as well. And my mom would oh, come okay. to the school and defend me because I'm the victim in that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fighter. I've never been in a fight before. So I really didn't understand why I was so susceptible to that type of, you know, manipulation. Yeah. Okay. But wow. um, as I journeyed through school, I would say I'm fortunate in the case that as I got to, like, when I was in, um, I'm thinking about it, like, I was held back in the third grade, and then I had to switch schools because we moved a couple of times before we got here to Orlando. Um, so once I got held back, I was connected with a teacher in like an intensive reading type of class, and that really made education more fun for me because before it was just kind of like boring or difficult as a youth because I'm full of energy. I'm no, I don't know what to do with all this energy but sit in the class and learn. So I was a class <laughs> yeah. clown all the way up until I graduated I from high school. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But as I transitioned from elementary to middle school, I was invited to South Creek um, towards Kissimmee. And that was their first year opening up. So I didn't have to go to West Ridge, which had a, a, a bad rep at the time Definitely when I was did. going through school. And then the same thing happened again. When I got to high school, I first went to Oak Ridge and I was bullied there as well. Yeah. I was, That's why I met him. Man. Yeah. Okay. I was on a, I was on a, the track team and a football team. And again, for whatever reason, and I was smart, I was in like honors classes forever, whatever reason, the, veteran athletes just decided to take advantage of me they would pants me when i'm going down the hallway and and especially like when there's girls around and i have no care for the girls at that time i was focused on my studies but it was just very humiliating that they continuously attempted to bring me down like that and then i got an invitation to go to freedom which is like again towards the Kissimmee area um and when i went there i thrived man i didn't have no bullies and that's when my life just kind of opened up why do you think they're targeting you as far as, like, going into, like, your high school and going back to your elementary days? Why do you think you were such a target? Um, I'm going to say that, you know, people are, are different and that we don't know what they might be dealing with, that they're taking it out on you. Mm. And there's also, like, the influence of the environment. We don't know who they had to become or pretend to be to be accepted in those circles. So I really can't explain why they chose to, you know, manipulate or bully me. I can only interpret and try to understand from my point of view, looking at them, why would, what would cause them to do such things? Yeah. Cause um, for me, um, like I never got that too. Cause, um, cause I was, I was um, bullied too, um, when, especially in middle school being a Haitian kid, and I never, I was confused. It's like, I was getting jumped by black Americans, and I'm like, hold on, like, we, we the same color. What's the problem, yeah. right? So I never understand that, right? So um, bullying was always confused to me. Like, it was, it was a confused, it was, I was always confused because I hear on TV, they talk about racism and all that, but it's like, you know, me experiencing racism was not, not, it was not white people. Like, the white people didn't, you know, I didn't get that. It was, like, my own kind, you feel me? Yeah. So, it was just, like, I I never got it like that. So, um, you know, and and it affected me in a way. It affected me in a way where it's, like, uh, even now it's, like, I, like, if I'm going to partner up with with a black person, it's, like, I I, I, I think a little bit. Like, I become more, 
it's weird, but like I'm more comfortable around white people, right? Mm. And it's like it shouldn't be like that. It's like I should be comfortable around my people. No, you know, I definitely, you know I definitely get so, that. So it's like, and I realized, like, damn, it's a, it's a childhood thing because all my, all, all the things that I went through that was a nightmare was around black people, like, mm. you know. And when I went to sure. white schools, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that. So it's kind of like a reverse way, and I feel like I feel guilty, guilty for feeling that. I don't know if you feel that in a way. Nah, man, I don't think you, know you should, but, yeah, feel any type of way for how you perceive it, mm-hmm. yeah. because. As humans, we're ultimately shaped by the experiences that impact us, you know, and those experiences change how we perceive other people in the future because we live with Mm. whatever we've experienced in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was never, I I don't don't think it was bullying because I was in fifth grade and we had like um, I came from a Haitian academy school before going to public school. It was. Um, what was it? Pinewood Elementary. I was, I get like I went there fourth grade, and um, at first they put me in the Esau class fourth grade. And my mom was like, "What? Like, I mean, I'm not downing people who are in Esau. In Esau. Like, you know, I congratulate you. Do your thing. You know, try and learn English. You know, I got y'all. But my mom was like, "No, like, take her out because you know, she don't she don't need that class. Um, I should stayed in that class. <laughs> 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 I should stay in that class. Uh, like after that, I was like, no, like these people just like I don't know. I just feel like because I was black too, like I had a I had a Caucasian teacher, and I don't know, like I would say some things, and I don't know if you guys get that too, but like being a African American, like I just feel like sometimes you could just speak and be like, no, they'd be like, oh my gosh, she getting ghetto, like what, like mm. no, that's how it was for me. Like all I said was, I'm gonna I'm say it out here because I'm Neil fam. This girl was messing with me, so I said, like, Miranda must die because Romeo must die. You know, like, I was just, I just did that. <laughs> Next thing you know, like, the cost was called. My mom was called. My mom had to call the pastor because my wow. mom was like, ain't nothing wrong with this girl. I said, ain't nothing wrong. It was just like she was she was doing something. I didn't like it, and I said, Miranda must die. I just wrote it in the paper. And then like, I just feel like if it was a African-American teacher, I wouldn't be in that position to where they would call, yeah. like, you know. And then fifth grade, boom. I was in a class with, um, it was a Haitian teacher. And we was in a class with a whole bunch of Haitians and Mexicans and and whatnot. And people, other classes would be like, oh, that's the Haitian class. That's the Haitian class. Haha, look wow. at the Haitian class. That's messed up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And we, like, we didn't really care because, you know, we was vibing as a class anyways. Like, so um, I remember these two, these two people. I don't know where they at now. But hope they doing all right. You feel me? I hope they doing all right too. <laughs> Pray but. for our enemy site. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like <laughs> I don't know where they at right now, but I don't really think about that. I don't really care. But um, they were like particularly, like, you know, I wouldn't say bully me because I wouldn't really cry about it. It would just be like, damn, like can y'all leave me alone? Like I don't know y'all or whatever. But um, so more like they was picking on you, type. Yeah, yeah, they was picking yeah. on me because like you know I was in a Haitian class, but I'm like that don't make no sense. Like it makes no sense. But then I'm sorry, God. We went to middle school together. We went to middle school together, and um, we was going down the stairs, and she tripped, and I just started laughing. I was, like, I was like, that's what you get for bullying me. That's what you get. <laughs> like, that's what you get. Like, and then that's it, and I just let, the, I let it go. But I feel where you're coming from with, like, um, like, feeling more comfortable around, like, Caucasian people, because I just feel like with them, I don't know, like, they don't really, 
they don't really care for like I don't know like popularity like stuff like that. Well, in my age, I don't know about. I don't I? know about that that argument right there. Same in regards to even with what Jaco said about like he's comfortable with white people. Granted, it's it's the fact of what he's been through, but I think it's more so the content of the character, like you were mentioning earlier, because we we look at people for the content of their skin, but if we go on the other side of town, they're doing blue collar crime, so mm. they're doing like fraudulent crimes that are different from the perspective of what we go in the hood, how we see it. So it's like what they've been through is exhorting out outwardly. So you feel like, man, I can't trust black people because they bullied me in the past, but the white people, like, I don't want you to walk in fear, but, like, white people do crimes as well. But I mean, we're, we're, we're so used to what we've been through that we kind of, like, negate it. There's black people, like, me and you and Maki and everybody, like, there's some good, solid black people, so we shouldn't have that mindset of, like, I can't, like, work with another black person because I mean, of how I I mean, it's, not, it's not that, it's not, it's not that, like, it's not more of, we can't, I feel like it's more of what we actually been through in, like, yeah. in school. I think because, it's just experience. Yeah, because, for example, and I'm, this is a perfect example of, like, literally, I'm black, right? I can't really hang with, well, that was when I was in school, but I always felt like I was too white for, these, for the black kids, mm. and I was too black for the white kids. Mm. Like, like I said, like, the, the same thing. Um, when I was in high school, like, with some people, they'd be like, girl, like, you... You act white. Oh, huh? Man. I had a dollar for every time I heard that I'm one. I'm like, I act white, like, huh? But, like, and then for the white kids, when I used to work at um, a restaurant, I'll, I'll literally just be like, I'll say something. You don't have to have an attitude. Who having an attitude? You really want me to have an attitude? Like, I will have an attitude right now. Like, it's just stuff like that. And I'm like, for me, I'm comfortable around black people. Like, now I am. Like, I don't care. You want to call me white? I don't care. Like, I have proper, I speak proper. Like, that's why I went to school. That's why I woke up at 6 a.m. to go to school for, not to keep the same lingo I had growing up. Like, you need to learn and grow up. Like, that's just it. But I don't think in that sense we're not saying that we're not comfortable around, like, black people. Like, that's our dolls. Like, we hang with these people. Like, we can't say that. But it's just the experience we went through. And it's like, it's like, like the sense of, you're not really fitting in because mm-hmm. they just nitpick like, oh, you you sound white, you do this, why you do that, like why you dance like that, you can't dance, yeah. like like no, yeah. it's, it's a, more of like that. Yeah, it's an experience. I remember um, yeah. Drake said in his song, he said uh, back at, at his hometown, he was too black. When he got to the state, he said, "I'm not black enough." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know so it's, it's more like, of that. So it's like you in that confused state where it's mm-hmm. like. I'm I'm not I'm too black here, but I'm not black enough here. So it's mm-hmm. like a, it's a very confused state that most people don't don't speak of. You feel me? So you know what's um, what's interesting that I kind of like picked up on yeah. is that as we grow up, we oftentimes kind of like we don't see our value in in a, in a way that we can project it to attract all types of people. Yeah, um, because of we because of what we've been through, mm-hmm. right? So, because I've been on both sides, I've been in communities where, uh, uh, you know, mostly black people, and I've had a great time, always connected, exactly. even with those, you know, experiences that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just learned and, and picked up on the behavior that I don't tolerate anymore, you know. So that 
is the boundary that I set. So that way, when I go to the next, you know, black community, I don't bring that with me. Yeah, you know? it definitely come with growth, right? Now, absolutely, growth, for growth, sure. Because that's how I was kind of thinking about that, too. It's like, yeah. um, you know, coming from where we come from and the, our experience, we have to grow. Absolutely. Because if we don't grow, we're going Exactly. So, like, from that experience, like, what do you, how do you think that shaped you as, like, you know, coming out of high school, are we figuring out what colleges to go and, and are we still future? talking about like the bullying situation or evolving or from just, that situation? I would say just the bullying situation and okay. also any uh, insecurities that that was experienced in high school. Okay, how that shaped you from? How did it pave the way? Yeah, that? how did gotcha. it pave the way from you? Because you know, a lot of time when yeah. we when we graduated high school, we asked that one question: like, what we about to do now? Like, Not yeah, you know what I'm saying. A lot of time we find the answers based on the things that we went through. That's true. So how did you figure that out? All right, so I'll do a, a, a comparison. So yeah. when I was at Oak Ridge, just for my freshman year, like in the beginning parts of my sophomore year, uh, it was very uh, challenging. I had a lot of doubt, and even I would say I had some fears of the, of being smart because my wits is what contributed to them bullying me. They made fun of me because I was smart. Mm. That's a projection thing. No, absolutely. Definitely. You know, so I, I didn't know what I was going to do next. Cause if I, if I stayed smart and continued studying and learning more and progressing in school, I would presume, you know, based on my experience that I would only get more of the same treatment. However, we'll go, go to B side. Now when I transferred to freedom, now that was just an immaculate opportunity. I was in honors classes. Um, I was able to join the honor society. I got into like different clubs, SGA, AVID. Wow. Shout out to Miss Light. She was like the and best teacher I've had in my entire high school career. Big shout like, out. Like I say that with shout all my heart. Yo, big so shout out. Drop Ms. a bomb Lyle for her real quick. Drop a bomb for her real quick. But when I was there, I was able to mature in a more healthy fashion because the Miss Light and other teachers and the just the people I'm around now, that bullying thing is not there. So they were automatically I had more leeway. Um, when I was in freedom, like I just like I said, my life opened up man. I joined track, you know, I, I excelled in my my schooling um, until my senior year. Then I took an AP class and that just killed my GPA because, you know, I ain't about that AP life. Yeah. The class was fine, but the AP exam, <laughs> like, forget about it. I yeah. took the exam, didn't pass it, yeah. wound up having to retake the same class in college. I dropped out of college twice because it just, it wasn't a space hold for on, me. Hold on, hold yeah. on, wait, 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 wait. We jumping, hold on, hold on, hold on. He went from being a genius to dropping out. Corey jumping way too fast. Nah, nah, nah. But I'm going to wrap it up like this. When the freedom experience was completely different from my Oak Ridge experience. I want to I want to I want to pause you on one thing that you kind of said that kind of like gave me an understanding of why God put you through this. Mm. Um it's crazy cuz you said the experience that you had in Oak Ridge is completely different from when you went to Freedom. And when you said that I was like, "Wait, why is the name of the school setting you up for oh. like better?" Oh, you know what freedom. I'm saying? Like I didn't even, I didn't even you're you're that. you're liberating from what wow. you've been through. And I want to ask you like some leading questions based off that. Let's go. Um, in freedom, were there still black people? Absolutely. Were there still black teachers? Of course. Did they still have black classes based yeah. on color? For sure. So you, you still had 
the same race in the same school. Yeah. But the environment was totally different, right? Right. The neighborhood was different, right? Yeah. So your experience was different. So okay. Facts. That's why I wanted to just make sure that you our, clap our it audience, up, you yeah, clap so it up they for can that. understand. Like, it, it, I don't want us to think like um, it's a black and white thing. Okay, it's I definitely the content of our character. It it's, con- it's constantly how we go through in our experiences yeah. that we got to understand. Sure. Like, bullying is not black. Bullying is not white. It's it's based it's on what they went through. Yeah. So, um, just to keep that in you in your mind to just understand, that's like. Good. We go through things, and that's why things happen. Yeah. But I love that you um went over it to another school and opened up. Because normally, some people will go to a different school and close. And close. Mm. Why didn't you choose that option? Why didn't you? Why? Because you, you said earlier when you was in Oak Ridge, you were more so, uh, I don't even want to touch academics no more. I'm just going to be a B class and not an A class student. Right. So... What made you decide? Was it the teachers overall, or you felt like this is a new opportunity? I'm gonna just take all of it. I'm gonna say it was uh, all of the above, especially my mom. Especially my mom, because mm-hmm. when when I would come home upset and, and confused, I would talk to her like, "Mom, I like doing I like doing math. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like reading. I'm doing well in class. I, I enjoy asking questions and being the star student. Why?" Why is this a bad thing, mom? And she'd say, "No, son. Like, that's them. Like, you know, it's it's not okay, but we're gonna help you get past this." Mm-hmm. And it just her constant support at home, and then me having that encouragement to take that back to school and continue to try my best. It it just it kind of, I guess you can say, I kind of just worked through it. Um. Yeah, I guess that's the best way I can explain it. I feel that because um, the fact that you had the support in your house, yeah. that's that's the difference between you and other people that might have gone through the same thing and they handle it different because the support at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if they talk about it at home and the response that they get from their parents, they then they don't feel like, oh, okay, if my parents feel this way, okay, then... If I if the same situation happened again, I'm just closed off. But yeah. based on what my parents told me, it's okay. Now I can excel from that. I can move forward from it. I feel that. Bro. That's that's another piece of the puzzle as well. Absolutely. Because because your 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 mom being home, there's people that that's in Oak Ridge that was bullying him mm-hmm. that had both pe- parents present, but they had they had no access to them. Mm. They either felt intimidated or their parents was way too busy. Ooh. So to get the attention that they were looking for, they would get it from school. Make and the only feel. way to do that is to be loud, is yes. to be bad, because then everybody's focused on you. So now the, the administrators have to be the, the parents. Mm. So like I think that's another thing that they had to go through. And it's good that you had your mom that kind of opened right. that up because she was like, it's okay. Yeah, let me yeah. just uh, insert this real quick. There was a point in time mm-hmm. in... I think it was like my sixth grade year um, where I was where the effects of bullying kind of influenced me to become a bully. Right. That's that's common, though. Right. Yeah, it is. That's common for a book, for, you know, somebody who's been bullied to be a bully. Right. So it's common. Yeah. That was like a terrible experience for me. I absolutely hated it. You said sixth grade. Yeah, it was around like sixth grade. So what what were you doing now? 
in that sense, that phase of when being I was a- being a bully. Um, I would so there was this kid in elementary school. There was this group of people that I would I was attracted to. Right, they weren't bullying me, but they were very tight knit and close together. And I'm not gonna say they were a gang, but they were together, right? Um, and eventually, I wanted to be cool with them, so I would hang out with them. But then they started picking on others. Mm. So with that early experience, very malleable, I'm young. Um, I started to do a bit of the same, but it felt terrible. Yeah, uh, there was a gentleman named Devin. And he used to sit in the back of the bus and play. He was the Pokemon, you know, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh card playing dirt person. Mm-hmm. And like the peers, the people I was with, I'm not going to call them my friends, my associates that I was with, they would pick on him. And I would chime in and feel bad after. Mm-hmm. So the more I felt bad about doing what they were doing, then the, I guess you can say God was kind of just turning me away from it. Like, bro, right. you're not, this is not you. And I wind up going to that gentleman, Devin, and I apologized to him straight up. I was like, look, man, I'm sorry for, for what I said and, and how it might have affected you. You know, I, I didn't really understand what I was doing, but I understand it had an effect on you. And I was like, bro, let's try to be friends from this point forward. And that was like my best friend from that point on to middle school, man. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, like just the... Ah man, I'm going. Wait, did they start picking you after like doing that? Nah, because I had the relation there. <laughs> because we had so you bridged engagement. the gap. I guess yeah. So did they continue to bully Devin? Nah, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Y'all whenever, need to pick up on this real quick. Whenever, man. whenever we were in the same spaces, mm. I became Devin's defender at a point. Mm. I was like, look, man, y'all need to leave this kid alone. He's not yeah. doing anything to y'all. Because at this point, I'm on the other side. Now I'm the friend. Yeah. So I'm like, he's not doing anything to y'all. He's never did anything to y'all. Why are y'all still bothering him? Yeah. And if they're going to bother him, then I'm with him now. So he got right. a friend. So if they're yeah. going to pick on you, bro, they're picking on me too. But hey. we're we going to run it, through and it, it together. Looks, it looks bad because you, you was already affiliated with them. So it's like, dang, I can't really talk bad about him because he was with us. Yeah. So it's like, it's you can't you can't harm the person that you saved at the same time. So that's yeah. that's nice, man. You that's know, so I'm, I'm very again just grateful that I was able to come out of that. Yeah, that's I a had good to bring it back. I had to bring it back home, though. Yeah, you know when when I would go home feeling bad about what I said, what I might have done, mm-hmm. and I told my mom about it. And she was like, "Son, that's not okay. Mm. You know, that's that's not okay. You remember when you was in that position, right? And I could just feel like, damn, like I was sad." And I'm doing that to somebody else. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just over, mm-hmm. now I'm overwhelmed with guilt. Mm. So I, I had to make amends. And I'm just grateful that the gentleman at the time, you know, he was, he accepted my apology. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you don't, you, sometimes that opportunity doesn't come where you can apologize for the wrong you've done to someone. And it's good that you had that lesson to learn. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't understand, like, what's, what are they going through? Why are they thinking the way that they're thinking? So for you to get that taste of what a bully is and how they operate kind of gave you like more un- of an understanding. Because how about if you were just stuck in that phase where it, you didn't get out of it and that could have been Devin's last moment. Absolutely. And you kind of like helped him, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. To understand like not all bully people like they have a complete different way of thinking. So it's really good that you did that. Seriously. So let's let's talk about the God. whole college thing now, man. So what Drop was that out. journey like? <laughs> Let me stop. Yeah, it was it was it was different, man. It was it was different. Um, so we'll just fast forward to my senior year in high school. So 
my senior year in high school, I'm about to graduate. You know what I mean? No senioritis, but, you know, I was able to do sports, so I'm not affected by the environment that I grew up, that I was around, my, you know, the apartment complex, those type of situations. Um, I'm, I'm learning more about my passion for music, so I'm, I'm, I'm entertaining. I, I was in a talent show, and I got, like, I think I got, like, third place or something like that, and my mom was doing a lot of events and with her business, so I was helping her out a lot, just trying to figure out, okay, what is something that I'm good at? What is something I can do uh, so that way I can excel at something, too? You know, pretty much who am I going to be and how can I get there based on the people I look up to? Um, so when I go to, when I get to college, um, Valencia, the first time I kind of flunked out, you know, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> Cause, uh, Y'all did. yeah, my <laughs> avid teacher was very prominent. She was the like, what? when you get to college, we all? no, no, not all of us. I'm, I'm saying quite <laughs> nah, I'm not saying everybody either. I was on a scholarship. <laughs> I cannot, <fuck> out. <laughs> I did not but I did, I did get uh, my first freshman year. I did fill a class, but I ain't flunk out though. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like, um, so my teacher was telling me, like, bro, don't take on too many classes when you first get in there because it's a different situation, different workload. Mm-hmm. I took on too many classes. It was a different situation. The workload was too heavy, and I wound up just I wasn't able to maintain it. So I had to retake a class. Um, but as far as me as a person versus the student in academics, um, I was I was all over the place. So I'm coming off of this high energy performing at the talent show in high school. And now I'm hosting Cyphers at Valencia and I'm networking. Wow. I'm, Cyphers? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It was to, called the Valencia Underground. It was mad, bro. I used to be, man, it was fun. Yeah, was fun. yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. So instead of focusing on, uh, the more I focused in, I guess you can say, grew as an artist and building connections and doing events like the cypher and you know i connected with a lady named zanair who was you know she was an entrepreneur she had an event she did a big event i performed there and just me being the artist going to the studio recording every night starting a music group with me and my friends like called brothers of the wise doing that performing shows and all of this conflicted because of the time that i would invest in my artistry so to speak i started to decline in my schooling so eventually that resulted in me getting a D in one of my favorite humanities classes. Um, and I just couldn't afford or bring myself to ask my mom to pay for another class when we were already struggling. So at that point is when I decided, you know what, if my passion and all my energy is focused on music, then I'm going to take a break right now and I'm going to just focus on music. And I had that conversation with my parents and they were like, you know what, I definitely understand that again. Shout out to my mom, very understanding. And she was like, you do what you believe is going to get you, like, what you believe in the most in right now. Wait, what's what's your family background? Like, this descent, African? Yeah, African-American. And then my dad, his family's from Belize and Guatemala. So there's Okay, yeah, so that's, that's why I want to know, because <laughs> why was it, you tell a Haitian parent that, and you yes. get a whole different conversation. Yes, sir. You're a failure. No, nah, absolutely. Yes, sir. How? <laughs> Absolutely. Is it because your mom is so open to, like, because of what she does in life, like, personally? Or, like, what was it? So well, college was not, uh, I mean, was college for you an option or it was mandatory? Uh, college was... As far as family-wise. College was an option, but the pressures of the world made me feel like it was yeah. mandatory. Mm. Drop, drop, drop one of those bombs <laughs> real quick, bro. <laughs> bro, say that again, bro. Oh. I said college was an option. But the pressures of the world made me feel like it was mandatory. Oh, I think that needs to be a quote. It <laughs> needs 
No, because for college. real, bro, like people, that needs to be on a shirt. Bro, in people college. make it seem everywhere. And I love that your mom was like so open to that too, because so many people make it seem like college is the Man. way. Mm, mm. It's required. Mm. But it's not even that. It's like you said, the pressure of the world. Because even if you don't do college, you still have to deal with the world. You still got to deal with what you want to do, how you're going to do it, how you're going to provide. Big facts. So I've been there, too. There's also people, too, like with a college degree, four years at that, and it's just sitting there and they're doing something way different. I think like the challenge with higher education and we can insert college because there's a lot of different forms of acquiring specialized knowledge is n- not graduating with an understanding of how to properly apply the information mm. to secure an opportunity mm. in a competitive job market. Because yeah. that's something that happened to my wife. You know, she did her best. She graduated from college, got her bachelor's degree. And then she was on the other side where when she came out of the school system, now she's in the real world. And she was in in some capacity, she was lost. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, life skills that she did not have because it's not a part of that system. Wow. You know? Uh, So there was like a big learning curve for her and and it took her a while to get to the career opportunity that's been presented to her and and she was able to seize. Um, But she's been through a lot of like, you know, low level uh, or entry level jobs that weren't paying very well to sustain the growth of her life. Um, so going back to um, music Because that's where we met Facts Yeah the, the, the passion <laughs> Facts that's, that's when Because um, I remember I had the um, Yeah bro the Event planning Man I missed that <laughs> Right I missed that And Memory lane one, man. one thing that I I was attracted me to him Was like But it's passion Like It's not even about the music thing It was just the passion right Yeah And I already know like He could do anything Right But once he put that passion And that thing Obviously, you could tell, like, miles away, right? Mm. So, with the music thing, how did it feel? Like, like how did it feel? Because, man, I remember that other... Bro. I forgot his name. Kevin? The other rapper? Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Man, yeah. me and Kevin fall Bro. out so wait, bad. Wait, wait, wait. Kevin? <laughs> me and Kevin fall out so bad, man. Shout out Kevin, though. But he, he knew what he did. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yo, 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 wait. You, you talking about Kevin that made the song um, Pressure? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, yeah, that's, that's my man. Yeah, that well, was, you know, all that my was my man. Ah, yeah, that was Shit. that was my man. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> that man. Nah, so okay, so th- that situation, right? So again, we're gonna go back to me exploring myself as yeah. a creative, right? Yeah. Post dropping out of college. Yeah. So um, I'm out of college and I'm comparing myself. We're gonna go to this phase. I'm depressed because all of my friends are graduating. And I'm sitting here working a dead end job too at the time, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting anywhere, right? Um, and then, at 2015, I decided, you know what? I'm going to try college again for something I'm passionate about. So I went to Orange Technical College, and um, I reconnected with you know one of the videographer, well, the video teachers. Shout out to Keith Cobo. That was my, that's the homie right there, man. Shout out to South, and shout out to Carl Board and them, them, that's the squad right Big there. Shout man. out. Um, but so I'm in Orange Technical College and I'm learning how to work the board. I'm learning how to mic up events and we're doing internships. I went to the city hall and did an internship there. Um, but the more I was in the back scene, behind the scenes of the music industry, the more boring it was for me. Mm. So I started to 
learned that at least the other there are other opportunities within music, but the one that I was experiencing is not really one I wanted to do for a living. There was a season when I was at the school. This was when we were doing mixing and mastering, and um, I would fall asleep in class every day. Every single day I'd fall asleep in class. And what kept me awake was not schoolwork. I was listening to podcasts. Uh, at the time, my favorite one was EO Fire, Entrepreneurs on Fire, mm-hmm. and just listen to business people talk about Okay, I started this business. These were the challenges that I had, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I was writing different ideas and plans and stuff like that. And um, eventually I wound up dropping out because obviously I'm in school. I'm falling asleep. It's not doing anything to me or for me. So I'm now in this rat race again. But all I have is music, you know. So in 2017 is when um, we, I started Selfless Music Group on paper. It was just yeah. me. I reached out to my friends and I was like, hey, you guys are artists. I want to. I would love an opportunity to help you market your your music, and eventually that grew into a company called Selfless Music Group, and out of that um, was Kevin. Mm-hmm. It was it was a uh, man. This this is a, a lot to talk about, but um, eventually from Brothers of the Wise, which is from Valencia, yeah, came Selfless Music Group, which the business knowledge came from um, Orange Technical College with all this podcast and writing things down. Combining those two, um, combining all of that information came Selfless Music Group, um, and that is when we was like managing artists, and we was doing events, and we was performing, and we was networking, and booking shows, and yeah. and then it just uh, it was awesome. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was awesome. And then I mean, so Jayco he had did a talent show. That's yeah. what he was talking about. And uh, the artist that I was I was working with at the time. Um, I was positioning into more of a management role just to mm. kind of see um, how what how far we can get if I change positions. Something that I felt more comfortable about was like connecting and networking, mm-hmm. and that's when we locked in the talent show. Yeah. And yeah, man, it was it was it was off the chain. Yeah, it I, was off the chain. So so obviously the business plan was good. Obviously the vision was good. Yeah. And what happened? What happened to? Because for me. I feel like Kevin crossed me in a way mm. where I I I was very uh, I was very proud of what he was doing. I, first of all, that that pressure that, that, that's that yeah, track. You feel that? That's that, that's track, that right? track, right? You Man, I put my all my boys yeah, in. I was like, Man, that thing go hard, right? Yeah. So obviously, I seen the vision for him. I really wanted to put everything behind him, mm. right? I told him that I was like, bro, well, we're gonna go crazy with this. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I literally, I showed a lot of people I remember, around. Because like, me, when I was in the event business place, I knew a lot of people mm. in Orlando. They was like, man, like, yeah, that thing go hard, right? Yeah. So it was like, I just didn't get why why the fallout. Like, I didn't get why you had to cross me in a way where it's like, what was, you know, what was the point about that? Like, what do you think? Honestly, bro, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, you did. I didn't what know you mean uh, for the talent show, or no, it was like afterwards? Huh? Are you no. talking about like after the talent show that he crossed you? Like, what do you mean he crossed you? To be a hundred percent, which it was after. It was after. It was after. It was like because I because I don't know much about it. Yeah. I don't want to speak on it. That's fine, I, but it's just like I just didn't. Um, that's what kind of like give me a bad taste kinda of entertainment. You off. Yeah, Gosh, entertainment. Damn. Wow, because it's like 
And you remember marketing, I was big on it. Yeah. I was I was big on the idea of putting people on and, yeah. and marketing people and uh-huh. making create a whole showcase about people. But yeah. one thing I realized and also yesterday I was actually watching um uh this um it's uh it's called Hip Hop uh, Uncover. Mm. I don't know if you guys know a uh, Deb is he's she's a uh, she managed Waka Flocka, Gucci. Yeah, his mom. Nicki Minaj and all that. And she said that she said that you in that business you could get to a point where you put so much in that person that when that person leave it's like it's like what did I mm. did that for it's like I put it's like I'm raising this kid and this kid grew up and mm-hmm. like forget who raised them up right mm. so he she said that that business that that business it, it takes it takes a lot of um it's like it's a business that like peel your heart up mm. in, in, in a way that's really and I feel I like that. that's why. After what happened with him and how I felt like I was putting a lot of things on and, and making sure that he's straight. And then the way he was like, oh, you're not doing enough. It's like that kind of like hurting me. It yeah, kind of like made me step away that. from like the wow. the business place and the, the entertaining place. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I did so, not know that, bro. But I'm I'm sorry that happened to you, bro. I didn't even. Damn, bro. Yeah. So sorry what did happen that. with the, the group? Was it a conflict internally or? Nah, so, okay, 2017, it was the idea of all of us. In 2018, I was the manager of the company, so it was my business, you know? So it was concept 2017, my business 2018. So I was managing the show, you know? So I was booking, the, I was doing the events, wasn't really more focused. We weren't really focused on artist management once we became a company, a business. Uh, we were more focused on uh, filling the gaps in and creativity, one resource at a time. What, what that means is I was building relationships with other music support businesses, and I would channel independent creatives that I'd network through the system so that they can get connected to those guys. Um, so there was like studio time and stuff like that. So more of a, a conduit of opportunity, just kind of connecting the artists to those channels. That's what the, the business was about for Selfless Music Group. And and Kevin wasn't really a part of the business of self the music group. All yeah, that that happened prior to the the actual incorporation of the business. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, but like I said, I mean, after what happened with him, it's just like kind of you know, and and you know, I I still continued, but it was like, yeah, I'm putting too much into this. Mm. You know I'm, I'm putting I'm putting too much into people. I feel that man. I've had so, yeah. I've had now. I don't uh, know if you felt like that when because you was a part of the same business model. Yeah, I've management. had. Um, I'm gonna kind of open it up a little bit. Yeah. So I've had three friends like that, mm-hmm. where I've invested a lot of lifetime and energy into, and for whatever reason, we wound up having a falling out. Now, what I'm left with is that impression you're talking about, mm-hmm. and and not and and praying and and being. And, coming to a space of being okay that I gave so much yeah. um, is what keeps me hungry to do more of it for other people, yeah. you know, cause at the end of the day, it's just questions, Yeah, you know, like, well, what was it worth? Yeah. What was the, what was the meaning for it? Yeah. Why am I doing so much? Yeah. Damn. Did I waste my time? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but the answer to all those questions is no, you didn't waste your time. You did what you wanted to do mm-hmm. cause you, were friends with this person and you cared about them mm-hmm. and you still hope that they thrive in whatever they do and then you move on. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. Perspective. And on top of the um, perspective of 2017 and 2018 from you being in that 
like in that circle of artists and then having to manage it, which one did you like more from looking at it now, 2017 or 2018 version of you? Man. Because I know it's two different beasts. There's like a whole nother piece in there that we ain't even talk about. What is that? Um, So after dropping out of Orange Technical College, I was working two dead-end jobs. I know we're kind of bouncing all over my bad, but there's a lot. <laughs> Talk about there's, it. There's I'm a, loving there's it. A lot. Like, it's a time. A I'm lot. loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. But um, so back to this state of uncertainty. Um, I'm at a dead end job. I just dropped out of college for the second time. Now I'm feeling even more pressure. Wait, I don't wanna lose your train of thought. Yeah. Was that was there another conversation with your mom about this too? This one was more me. Mm. This one was more be. me. Okay. Because once I decided to go back to school, I assumed all responsibility. It was that was me being accountable for my actions. So me choosing to drop out of college the second time was all my decision, and I had to deal with it a hundred percent. I'm not gonna say on my own because you know I have friends and I, I have conversations. And I talk to God and everything like that. Um, so I was not alone in that experience, but it was my weight to bear. Um, so when I'm at this job, I was at Home Goods, and I think I was working at um, main event simultaneously. I was just very, very sad. I'm standing behind the register, and I'm like, man, I got a lot of hope, but not a lot of faith right now. Mm. Yep. You know? I'm back I'm back to square one with all this experience. And then just randomly, these two guys, man, they was like, hey, bro, you consider yourself an A player in the B game. We see a lot of potential in you, and we want to mentor you. Wow. You know, two white guys. Wait, at the, at the stores that yeah. you worked at? Well, well, I've, okay, this is something that, let me see how I can explain this. So one of my greatest or most personal values is having an excellent work ethic. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of my core principles. The other one is being okay when you're not okay. Mm. Or, well, sorry, being okay with not being okay. And and continuing to do the work. Yeah. So these two principles is what I would say attracted those gentlemen to me because they can see on my face I'm not all the way in. I'm not 100%, but I'm still, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, what's going on in your life? I'm ringing you up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm collecting your payment. Okay, cool, man. Well, well, how, how's your dog? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just continuing those relationships. And they was like, bro, you have a lot of potential and we want to mentor you. And I was like, all right, man. And I prayed on it. Um, my wife, but girlfriend at the time, um, same person, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I talked to her about it, and she drove me to that first meeting, and that set it that set it off, man. They It wasn't like a, hey, you're in. Like, I had to read books. You know, I had to network and talk to people. There was preliminary steps that I had to do to actually be a part of the, 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 the exclusive mentorship group. What is it? What um, was it called? It was called uh, Worldwide. Okay. Worldwide Dream Builders. Um, it's an extension of Amway, but it's the best extension of Amway because I didn't have to do none of that hard salesy stuff. They was more focused on like personal development, philanthropy, success, business leadership, and um, and just being a, being a great person, bro. Like I had a bad experience with Amway, man. Yeah, I, I did too. Amway I did too. Me. I did too. My first experience with Amway was in 2013. People just don't like you, huh? In 2013, I was a part of an extension of Amway called LTD. Yeah. Very sales heavy. 
yeah. and they put a lot of pressure on you. It puts it's kind of kinda like for you. for you guys to understand. It's kind of like um yeah. trans not trans America. What's that insurance? Uh, um, Prime America. Prime America. It's kind of like mm. uh, 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 life. The structure you talking about? Structure. The structure. So yeah. you don't make money un- unless it's, it's, you work yeah, for I it. I mean, if you're a good salesman, you, right. you know, but it's like that pressure. Yeah. And I got into that business, man. It, it was a lot of anxiety. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because it's like every day. Every day you gotta meet the quota. Every day, student was, step in the office. And hey, did you do this? Did you do? This? I'm like, hold on. That was my. That was my environment. I want to be. Yeah, yeah. And that was my. And that was my first encounter. But okay, this second encounter now, um, with the mentorship opportunity. So I, I read all the books. They said, "Bro, you read the most books than anyone in this first phase." You know, I was like one Sheesh. out of like 101 people to get in. Oh wow, that's you crazy. Know what I mean, so. Uh, once I was, you got in that good side of yeah. Life. Once once I was in there though, life was just wow. Mm-hmm. I was expo- What they did was when I was home, out my window was pavement and helicopters. I had these great ambitions, but my life did not measure up to my mindset mm-hmm. or the the aspirations that I thought was possible because I didn't see them around me. So what that experience did in the mentorship is they exposed me to the reality of my dreams. So that's after music, right? That's yeah. after, okay. Yeah, so, that no, this was this was in the between time. In between. So they exposed me to the reality of my dreams. So I, it became tangible to me then. And and they really encouraged me, and they kept me around even though I wasn't putting no money in. I didn't have a car. And they were still like, bro, we got you, bro. Just keep going. They just feed into me. And, um, yeah, that entrepreneurial development stuff, man, it was, it was off the chain, bro. And that, that was the... That was the turnkey for me to enter the business world. Business, okay. Yeah. So, so what, what, um, so why you felt like, um, what was the reason why you felt like you had to leave the music business to, to move into like the full time entrepreneurship and the thinker and the, 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 um, you know, the, the, the self esteem, uh, yeah, uh, got uh, you. <laughs> uh, uh, a guru that you became. You feel me? Um, two reasons. Uh, the first reason is, there was no profit. Yeah. There was no profit. Yeah. Uh, the the intention of Selfless Music Group was to create opportunities for others. There was, I didn't even think about money. There was, I put on all those events by myself out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And I paid artists. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, what was the deficit on that? Were um, you, were I'm you say, like I'm gonna low? Say, I'm going to say time and experience. Wow. But, the but thing you, of, you felt like it came back see, though, right? The interesting thing about what you say is deficit, and I'm using, I'm responding with time. No, um, that's that's time is priceless. No, nah, no, nah, but the time and experience was the cost. So mm-hmm. the cost was learning. So I invested time to learn, even though I didn't make a lot of money. Cool. I created I opportunities that. for independent artists for others, and I and I I encouraged a lot of people to do what they were passionate about, but I didn't make any money. I was losing money, in fact, when I was doing those events, when I was paying artists out of my pocket. Yeah. Right? That's right. That was the intention, is to learn about business, give it all I got, and create opportunities for others. The reason why that business closed is because of COVID. I lost my job, like most people, right? So my income source, it shrunk. The crazy part about it is if that didn't happen, it's hard to say if I'd still be in it or not. Dang, bro. Be- you just said something super, yeah, super amazing, Because the vision, dude, is, it was crazy, man. We had just hired our first um, 
like our first person on a commission basis. Um, and then we had bought a banner because we was kind of change our marketing structure from when we go to events and trying to network with the artists in the crowd. We we're going to transition or pivot into buying a table and setting up as a vendor so we can attract artists to our our section. So yeah. we'd have more control over generating leads and building connections with people who are already interested. And at that time, we was just about to implement that strategy is when COVID hit. What was the, the let go process for you? Because I, I feel like with COVID, it, it forced people's hands to do something that they love to do to kind of close it off. Mm-hmm. Do you Well, first off, do you feel like you had to close it like where... I have to close the business out completely. Absolutely. Because the the market that I was intending to serve was small. And it was the opportunity where my marketplace was or my target audience was those live events. Mm. So when COVID came, those live events disappeared. So now I don't have a way to really reach reach. You yeah. know, because I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm a small company, so I don't have the marketing team to create the content, the digital stuff, all of that. It's just me, you know. So uh, my sh- my market shrank, and I didn't have any capital to sustain the business anymore. So I closed it. Okay, with 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 that being said, I know you had said that there was a, a deficit, right, mm-hmm. in that aspect. But did you feel relieved? Because I know, like certain businesses. They're happy that they closed down because now they have a time for themselves. Now mm-hmm. they have time to rest. Because a lot of these small businesses and like owners, they do it all. Yeah, it's, true. it's just yeah. them and a couple people. So when when COVID hit, it gave them a, a moment to rest, a moment to think, a moment to yeah to to yeah to be strategic. So yeah. did you feel that way too, or you just felt like man, it's okay, it's done, it's over with? Well, I definitely would say that I did experience heartbreak. You know, I invested two years of my life into this idea that ultimately didn't throw it. It didn't take off. Now, I had experience. I made a difference, but to the magnitude that I saw it. So like the long term goal of Selfless Music Group was to create it as a platform, automate it for artists to be able to engage and get connected with those resources like online kind of like shopping, like an online store, but these artists are connecting with different resources to help them build their brand. Wow. And then once it got to a certain level, I would sell, that would be the first business that I sold. That was the projection. Mm-hmm. I was nowhere near it. I didn't make no money. I was losing money. And now COVID came and this whole idea is shot to hell. So I want to ask, What's up? do you feel like COVID, from looking at you now, looking yeah. at what you're doing now, do you think COVID was a blessing or... or, or uh... Before you say that, we're going to take a quick pause. Okay. A quick pause because I, I, I want... both questions, but go ahead. Remember that question. Remember that question. So I want to do a quick pause because this is, this is going to be a two-part series because it's so good. I don't want the audience to, to let this go and get this over their head. So mm. this is going to be a two-part series just for you, Corey. Okay. Because we haven't... Right. I don't think we've done that. No, we've never done that. I don't, I don't think we've done that. So oh. you're, you're the first to ever have this happen. So we're doing this a two-part series. Grateful. So we're going to go ahead and do a quick commercial break real quick. Out in the Open Podcast family, we need you. We asking... We pleading with y'all to join the family right now by texting 855-549-9766. 
And you can text what, Maki? What is it again? Hashtag OITO family. One more time for the family. Hashtag OITO family. The number is 855-549-9766. Join the family now. And don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Out in the Open Podcast. Let's get it. Now, let's get back to the topic. Alright, as you can see, discussions was open and judgment was closed. Make sure you check us out in the next episode. And make sure to like, comment, and subscribe.